Welcome everybody to another episode of the Art Topic Podcast. Or is it? Does this podcast even exist? Maybe it does in one reality, but not in another. Are we in a simulation? Is this even the real life, or is this just fantasy? This is, of course, our topic for today. Glitches in reality, or life in the matrix, as they say. But before we get into that, I'm Luke, your host this week, and joining me is my fellow Red Pill taker, Brett Beckerman. Hello, hello. And thank you guys for joining us this episode. Now, I don't know about you listeners out there, but I have experienced many a reality glitch, primarily in the form of deja vu. In fact, I get deja vu all the damn time. Deja vu is real for me. Hardcore. We were actually talking about it before this episode and how we might have had deja vu about doing this very episode. (laughs) So it gets a little bit weird out there. Now, I'm not really sure if deja vu is a glitch in reality. I've heard some other possible explanations for it. And it's not really the focus of my topic this episode, but I don't know. I wanted to talk about it a bit because it's a bit strange. So I've heard it's possibly explainable by one side of your brain processing what you're seeing faster than the other side, leading you to think that what you're seeing is a memory of the past, when in actual fact, it's just the recollection of the information when it was still on the other side of the brain. That's very creepy. It's very weird. I'm not too sure if I buy that. No, because most of my deja vu is things like... consciously think that this happened a long time ago. Yeah. Like not yeah. something that could have happened like five seconds exactly. ago as in, I remember this. I kind of think when I have deja vu, it's a lot of similar things are happening that have happened before and my brain is connecting some dots that shouldn't be connected. Yeah. That's what I think is going on inside of my head. But I mean, who knows? Maybe it is a glitch, you know, a glitch in the matrix. Yeah. This actually happened to me a couple of days ago. I saw a photo and I was like, oh, I've seen this photo before in the setting and then I scrolled to the next photo and it was the next photo I saw in the previous setting type thing. Dude, and I was that's like, not deja vu. That's like, like foresight, future sight. Like right? basically it, it felt like I've been through this like motion yeah, of steps. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's, it's such a strange, like you know it when you have it immediately. Yes. That it's deja vu though. Yeah. You know, like it's different to just thinking like, oh, this is a memory. For me, it's always like, Wait, has this happened before? <laughs> this is deja vu. Like, you know, it's like not a memory. It's yeah. something different. We've been through this. Very, very weird. Anyway, and I know, Breath, that you've got a topic you've been dying to talk about Ugh. today. But before we get into that story, seeing as I'm on the topic of sort of brain science, I guess, let's look at some strange scientific phenomenon that sort of shows us that the possibility of us living in a simulation is out there. And this would in turn also explain some of the reality glitches we have in our lives. So I assume you've got a pretty basic understanding of genetics, Brett? Slightly. Okay, good. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about DNA here and genetics, right? So when looking at DNA, you're also looking at genetic code on a microscopic level. And these real smart scientists out there use this genetic material from DNA to be able to identify people and, well, their genetics. This can obviously be used for all sorts of helpful things. You know, think CSI and all those crime scene shows and how they identify criminals and that kind of thing. But scientists have taken it a step further and can actually edit and change genetic makeup of the DNA by manipulating the genetic code. This is obviously how we end up with genetically modified crops and the controversial idea of genetically modifying human babies to get the perfect child. And for anyone's reference, just go watch the first Jurassic Park movie and watch the little video they show in the yeah. auditorium. <laughs> perfect example. Because <laughs> that's the way I learned all my DNA shit from. <laughs> so, in fact, genetically modifying things can be a little bit dangerous as well and actually lead to developing new diseases. 
But that's not what I'm going to talk about right now. I recently discovered that a group of researchers from the University of Washington also did something pretty dangerous, but not necessarily in the biological sense. This group of researchers were able to actually write digital code into some DNA. And not just any code, but a computer virus. Seriously? Yeah. They managed to encode a computer virus onto strands of DNA. Wow, okay. This makes it so that if somebody else looks at the infected DNA sample, the virus will be read by the DNA sequencing software that somebody else might be using and cause that software to get corrupt. No ways. How cool is that? That's amazing. That is insane. There's, of course, a lot of science involved behind this. And it took the group a lot of trial and error before finding the correct way to encode the DNA with the virus, but they did it nonetheless. Now, in a nutshell, it was done by utilizing the existing DNA sequencing techniques and manipulating the genetic code in such a way that it would run a buffer overflow kind of hack when read by the DNA sequencing software. Now, a buffer overflow is more or less, Brett, you probably know about it more than me, but it's when there's too much information being processed by the PC at one time, Almost like it's stuck in a loop and it can't deal with all the information and yep. your memory gets too full, I suppose. Basically. They manipulated the genetic code by forming different patterns with the A's, C's, T's, and G's of DNA makeup. I don't know how much you remember about that from <laughs> physics, but I remember it very vaguely and reading this article about this got me all confused in the head. So <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, let's they, not they did some this. crazy stuff. Look, the point of my topic isn't to go into this, but it's a very cool article Go and read it. I think I saw it on wide.com. Okay. Um, but very cool stuff. Anyway, the point is that this is a lot of very odd science happening here. So how does it really tie in with the simulated reality? Well, it's proof that DNA code can be manipulated, read to, and written to, much like computer code. And that if we can do it, maybe there was some grand design for all of us. And we are just, in fact, made up of computer code ourselves. I feel like we all need full hats right now. Yeah, 100%. This whole episode is simple. Yeah. <laughs> like almost a very, very high level of, of program is running in all of us, you know, which I guess in a way it is. Yeah. But this is one that was maybe prefabricated by somebody else, you know? I mean, yeah, fair enough. We're all kind of made up of a computer's version of ones and zeros. Yeah, like we're all just DNA. synthetic beings, but I mean, our flesh and stuff is what we know as being real. But what we know is being real. Exactly. It's <laughs> synthetic to someone else that manufactured us, possibly. Probably in China. Yeah. This whole episode doesn't change from this kind of course. So, <laughs> so prepare yourselves. <laughs> this is where we're going. So now that we have that interesting fact nugget, there are a few other sort of heavy hitters that believe in this whole simulated world theory. Our boy Elon Musk actually made a very interesting statement the other day, which you may have heard. Now I'm going to paraphrase him a bit. But essentially, the idea is that if you look at the rate at which video games have changed over the past 40 years, from games like Pong and Space Invaders to modern 3D graphics and even virtual reality, it becomes apparent that the likelihood that we don't exist in one of these video game worlds is very unlikely. When I say video game worlds in the sense, not necessarily a video game, it's the example simulated world. Simulated realities, yeah. Think of a video game or simulated reality as a self-contained world with its own characters, biomes, NBC is the works. It's a game that we as humans created. We created fake humans inside the game, running their own AI, their own scripted code, and they perform their own tasks as programmed to do so. Judging by the current trajectory of where these games are going and kind of how advanced our technology is getting, we're not far off creating a simulated reality of our own. Take this into account now that somebody might have come before us and done the same thing and we are their simulated reality. Yes. 
So there always has to be a sort of base level, right? The first one that started it all. Yeah, to kind of have this ripple effect onto all yeah. the others. And then they could have created a simulated reality. And that simulated reality could have created another simulated reality. And it goes on and on and on. Yeah. So the, the probability of us being the base level reality is like one in billions. Pretty much. It's actually very unlikely to look at it that way that we are based reality. We are, in fact, a simulation. <laughs> this was quite scary, and it's sort of hard to conceptualize. It's very hard to conceptualize. My explanation's maybe not the best. But also, I'm not sure if you listeners watch Rick and Morty. It was a pretty cool episode where I think Rick has a battery which is powered by the energy created by a whole civilization inside the battery. Okay. And then they power their stuff with the battery they created. In the so it's, a, it's, it's a same, like, okay, fair It's the enough. same concept yeah. of, what, of what this whole idea is. There's a movie out at the moment called Free Guy. Very same thing. It's, yeah. It's a guy within a video game who kind of realizes, wait, like this isn't right. And he kind of like breaks out of the mold of what he's supposed to be. Like his pre-programmed thing of wake up, go to work, go home, eat, sleep. Yeah. And he kind of realizes, wait, we're actually in a game and the manufacturers are wanting to shut down the game type of thing. So, yeah. I mean, it, it all kind of falls into It actually is a perfect example. It's, yeah. it's the same thing. What if we are just that? Obviously, on a bit of a high level, we've got more independent thought and whatnot. But we are that. We've just, someone has made us that is very technologically aware and advanced and has AI technologies. And we are just that reality. Yeah, we're just that reality currently existing and we, in our minds, think that we are the alphas. Well, if we didn't, what would we do? We wouldn't want to do anything. What's the point? Pretty much, yeah. So, Well, knowing us, overthrow. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so there's actually a lot of other cool small theories here. One of them I saw as well was about climate change. Right? Okay. So the theory, and I say theory because I don't believe it at all, but the theory is that the chance is quite slim that we as a conscious species ended up in the same time period as climate change. Okay. Right? It doesn't seem like we've been here for a short period of time, but in the grand scheme of things, it really has been short, right? We've been a couple of thousand years as being humans. I don't even know if that's the right fact. Well, they say, to put it in perspective, take a roll of toilet paper, roll it out completely into a straight line, and take a centimeter from the end, that centimeter is the known existence of life on this world. Yeah. And then, so that that to put in perspective of from the beginning to where we are now, how much time has passed. Yeah. And then based on all the scientific evidence that's out at the moment of how climate change is happening, this is now, okay, human influence is maybe obviously affecting climate change. But if you take that away and look at the rate of climate change, this is the pinnacle of the worst climate change that's ever existed on this planet, aside from like the Ice Age. I was about to say, surely Ice Age yeah, kind so, of but goes like, into this. Between major events like that, yeah, like we are primed to have a major event like tomorrow kind of thing. Oh, really? So the chances of us being alive in this period are super slim that people think that this is all a test, that we are a simulation of some grand higher being or beings kind of doing a world simulation to see how would humans survive in the worst period of time. Okay. So it's quite, sucks. quite a disturbing <laughs> weird way to look at this. Some serious brain hurting stuff if you think about it too hard. But this is also a possible explanation as to why we have glitches in this reality. And that's because the reality is not real. It's a simulation. Correct. And if we're a computer simulation, for example, there's bound to be glitches and bugs. Yeah. And Brett, you're going to tell us some of these bugs. I am indeed. 
So I want to talk about something, as you said earlier, that I've been wanting to talk about for quite a while. And it's a theory that kind of brings the thought of simulation or multiverse into reality. This theory hits a bit close to home for us and has been experienced by quite a few people. It's called the Mandela Effect. And yes, it's named after our very own Nelson Mandela. This effect has been noticed by people all over the world and has a few claiming it's the true proof that there are, in fact, multiple timelines or that we're in a simulation. And these timelines or simulations are running in parallel. And people believe that every once in a while, these timelines either collide or kind of run into each other and make small changes to our timeline. For example, let's use the reason why it's called the Mandela Effect. In 2010, Fiona Broom put up a post on her blog stating that she clearly remembers Nelson Mandela dying in jail in 1980. She said she clearly remembered seeing newspaper articles and clips of his funeral. She remembers that there were riots in the street following the news of his death and even remembers his wife giving a heartfelt speech on the day. On her blog, she posted interviews with over 500 other people who claimed to remember the same thing. A man by the name of Robert Crowder said he learned of Mandela's death while at school. He said, I was in high school in the mid-80s and I remember that we discussed Mandela's death in my geography and economics classes. Another named Daniela said, I remember in grade four in 1997 when I learned Nelson Mandela was dead. It was Black History Month and my confusion later on in life when I heard about him in the news, I was baffled that I had believed it for so long and so sure that he had died. So this isn't the only example. It's just the story that we use to explain the theory. This one I never got. Like I fall victim to a lot of the Mandela effects. Yeah. But the Nelson Mandela one I always knew was dead. But I suppose that's because we live here and correct. And I think a lot of the, like, yeah. And I think a lot of people who were at our age in the 1980s would have obviously sensed it a bit different to what we would have. Yeah. So I don't know, but a lot of people came forward stating that they had felt it. But she was the first person to give the effect a name, so it could have actually been anything. But because she was the one to first give it a name, it kind of went with that. I want to test your memory a little bit, Luke. Right. And for those of you listening at home, try and play along and then let us know if any of these were true for you. These are the ones that are kind of most common to South Africans. So we all know Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny and his whole crew. But how do you remember it being spelt? Not the Looney part, the Tunes part. <laughs> well, I mean, the obvious ones, Tunes, cartoons. So spelled so Looney Tunes, oh, oh. Yeah. So Looney Tunes was spelled T-U-N-E-S. Much to everyone's right. horror. So Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. But it's not a musical. No, it's not. It's Looney Tunes. Yeah. That's how everyone pronounces it. That's how it's spelt. People say that that was never how it was spelt. Okay. Next one. Fruit Loops. How do you remember it being spelt? The fruit part this time. Okay. Guarantee it's F-R-O-O because it's... The interlooping O's make the the O's of the series. Yeah, the o O's and the yeah. fruit and the loops. People only remember the loops part having the interlocking cereal, not okay. the name. So you are correct. Okay. You're right. Fruit Loops was F R O O T and not F R U R T. 
Okay. Okay. But a lot of people claim they remember it so, being wait, so Fruit it Loops. is Fruit of the Two O's. Yes, oh, you are correct. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good job. Nice. People claiming that they remember it only having the cereal in the loops of the loop part. Okay. Okay. Next, we're going to do a movie, Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. While sitting on the bench, Forrest says his famous line about a box of chocolates. Do you remember what he says exactly? Life is like a box of chocolates. No, no, that's all I want. Uh, Say it again. Life is like a box of chocolates. Okay, he never said that. Oh, no. He said, my mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. People claim that he definitely said okay, life so, is. So the tense has changed. The tense has changed. That's kind of like the Star Wars thing with the I'm your father and Luke, I'm your father. Exactly. Correct. So in Star Wars, everyone thought that he said, Luke, I am your father. When in actual fact, he says, no, I am your yeah, father. that was it. Okay. Last one. In Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, what does the evil witch say into the mirror? Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Okay. You're wrong. She says, magic mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them? Really? Yeah. (laughs) But then like, okay, that's messed up. But I think it could be from me seeing and hearing other people saying it wrong the whole time. So so these these are common ones, but it's pretty much because they're just simple memory errors. Hmm. So these are things that obviously somebody has said and it makes more sense. Uh, another another common one is Silence of the Lambs. Everyone has this, hello, Clarice. Hmm. He never says that. He says, good evening. He never says her name. What? Only later on. Whenever the- I do my little quotes and pretend that I'm Sir Anthony Hopkins, I always do the, hello, Clarice. So does everyone else. He never says that. Wow. He says it later on in like the third movie. But the actual okay. scene that everyone quotes yes. is not the same. <laughs> he says, good evening. And she says, hello, Mr. Lecter. My name is Clarice. Simple memory error. Some don't think so. Yeah. But now I want to get into two that have people pretty fired up. First is the Berenstain Bears. So this was a children's book that started in 1962 and still runs to this day. It almost had the popularity of what Peppa Pig is now to the kids. People swear by the fact that they remembered it being called the Berenstein Bears. Definitely is. I had the book. My book had an E and an I because I used to write it out. Yeah. Because I loved it so much. It was my favorite it book fantastic. of all I time. I had a shirt. Dude, I had the, the Berenstein Bears go to the beach. Man. <laughs> nice. It was the coolest one. There's this one page. My, <laughs> my, neighbor, my neighbor friend and I, looking back, so lame. We used to get together and read this book, bro. And we'd, we'd get to this one page. Where the dad's just like talking shit doing his thing. And the kid's like between his legs looking out at this massive wave that's coming. <laughs> yeah. And his eyes are like these giant ping pong ball eyes. And for some reason, this page had us in stitches. <laughs> I, I love this book. It is Berenstein Bears. Yeah. So a lot of people are with you on that. They claim that they clearly saw an E-I-N at the end and not the A-I-N. That kind of is mm. what it is now. People speak about how they remember its pronunciation, the spelling, and they even recall reading the cover. I had a shirt. I had a Berenstein Bears <laughs> shirt. And I say Berenstein because I'm very, very specific on this. <laughs> so the books were originally written by Stan and Jan Berenstein, huh. uh, but are now written by their son, Mark, who was interviewed about the name change. He didn't seem too amused about the fact that the people thought that his parents' book was part of some glitch conspiracy, <laughs> but his name has always been Berenstain, pronounced Stain, as in coffee stain, and he has been confused and pronounced Berenstein over the years, especially when he was younger. 
Yeah. But I agree with you. This one does hit a little bit close because I, I don't know. Baron Stain just doesn't seem right. I have a theory of why people could possibly make this mistake. Okay. And that's because so Steen or E I N is a very common Jewish surname. Yes. Goldstein, Feinstein, whatever it is. So people are used to seeing that name. And I don't think there's many stains out there. Baron Stain name to me does not ring any bells. It doesn't even sound right. No. So if you're saying Baron Stain, your mind's going to be like, well, it's Baron Stein. Yes. Because you're used to that kind of stuff. Yeah, even when you're reading it. So I understand that as a possible explanation. And the way that the name is written also does give, I mean, that A has a slanted side to it that it could turn into an E very easily. Mm. So there is that, but this is massive. Like this goes through generations, this anger towards this name change. <laughs> okay. Berenstain bears aside, and it hurts me that I say it like that. The next one, I don't really know much of. It's actually an American company that has been running since 1851, and they manufacture clothing. They do have a South African department, apparently. I don't do enough shopping to care. Anyway, what are these people saying about them? Well, there seems to be a common understanding going around that their logo, which is made up of an apple surrounded by grapes and leaves once had a cornucopia behind them. A cornucopia is a horn-shaped basket. You'll often yeah. see it in old kind of timey things where they- It's, um, it's a decoration for autumn. It's like a, it's like it a is. fall decoration. Yes, you're right, yeah. The weird thing is that the people have come forward with actual shirts bearing the cornucopia printed in the label. The company, however, swears it has never had anything but the fruit in the logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company, sorry, is, is called Fruits of the Loom. Okay. I will bring up a photo for you and we'll put this up on our Instagram as well. It looks so much better with the cornucopia. It looks so much better with the cornucopia. So people claim that that cornucopia existed in the logo and only recently was removed. Okay, but that's also not something you can just accidentally add. It's not a Berenstein, Berenstein. No, no, no. That's kind of similar. Correct. This is like one has a whole woven cornucopia behind it. One doesn't. Yeah. It wasn't just accidentally put there. <laughs> and and it, as I said earlier, a person has come forward with a shirt which has a faded label in the back of the neck where your label normally goes mm. with the cornucopia in it. And he said he's had this shirt since childhood. Obviously, internet can't justify what he's saying, but people swear by it. That's some other conspiracy here. They're uh, trying to cover something up. They're trying to cover something up. So I'll put this on Instagram because it really does actually look better with the cornucopia in it. When you go back in history, as I said, the company's been around for ages. They've always had that in their logo. Their logo kind of consisted of a more real looking apple and grape yeah. kind of concoction. And this, over this years, it's kind of become a little bit more cartoony, but still, it's weird. I mean, I'm inclined to believe the guys that made the logo. So <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> and I mean, they they are they the name behind. I know they, they do Vanity Fair clothing. They do Spalding clothing. Okay. So they're a pretty big company. And they've been around for a long time. What do scientists believe? They call it false memory. It's a recollection of something from our past that's actually untrue. But our minds tell us that it's what we remember. They say that emotional and personal bias has a huge impact on our memory. And the thought of noticing something out of the ordinary actually plays towards our wrong recollection of the event. Believe what you want. Believe that the scientists are probably the smiths of our world. Fight for what you believe in, uh, even if it is a little bit ridiculous. Uh, I mean, there's a whole subreddit comprised of glitch in the matrix stories, (laughs) and some of them are pretty wild. So don't hold back. We need a few neos in this world. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever been to that subreddit. 
Uh, once or twice. Yeah, but... it's it's hilarious. There's one guy who swears by the fact that he drove down like a hundred meter road for two hours. Jeez. He said the road just kept relapsing and it just was in the same place and he passed <laughs> like the same side. Like a proper glitch when you see like an NBC just walking <laughs> yeah. into, into a wall. One that always gets me is um, there's a video floating around. You've probably seen it where this guy's just at like a traffic stop or something. Okay. And there's like an oncoming car and another car and out of nowhere, this other car disappears. Oh, wow. It seems to like phase. Like, so there's a car kind of obstructing of you. Yes. But not in such a way that you couldn't see another car coming from behind it. It's like sort of in the middle of the road, for want of a better word. Okay. And then out of nowhere, out of sort of the middle of that car, in terms of perspective, another car disappears and drives away with nothing coming up behind it. Yeah. And it it wouldn't fit anywhere in the scene. It's a very strange video. It's very, very cool. People say perspective and this and that, but (laughs) damn, it's convincing. It's it's similar to those where... And there's like a whole bunch of people wearing the exact same clothing, exact same hairstyle, exact same time, but like either staggered in a bus or like at a diner or something like that. They've screwed up the the NPC kind of loadout in a in a simulation and they just kind of loaded out three of the same people or whatever. Mm. <laughs> so that is our episode on reality glitches and simulated reality. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> Considering I chose the topic. <laughs> I was like, this is your topic. But I enjoyed it too. Thanks for No, that. this is very cool. Like, I, I went in with an idea on this one, and I actually learned so much more than I intended to yeah. about this whole thing. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, I'm kind of starting to believe that it might be in a simulation. <laughs> like, legitimately. I know, we've been doing way too many conspiracies on this thing for us to stop believing <laughs> these things. I know. <laughs> We're usually pretty skeptical on this show. Yeah. So we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And if you did, feel free to give us a like and subscribe and tell your friends. And do the usual social media stuff. Brett's looking at me like he's expecting it. So take it away. (laughs) One day, Luke. One day. (laughs) But yeah, you can grab us on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, at Autopic Podcast. You can also check out our website where we put up a whole bunch of cool things, autopicpodcast.com. Also, if you have any cool questions or stories or something you want us to cover, you can email us at community at autopicpodcast.com. Uh, remember user submissions are still open so feel free to email us or dm us on any of the social media platforms if you've got any cool unexplainable stories that you would like to talk about that's it for us this time stay fresh stay freaky bye Bye.